Hey guys, and thank you for joining us at ID Sports. Today we're recapping MLS, the best of the West. This is just the Western Conference and just the top teams. Thank you for joining us here at ID Sports. Alex, we're back. How you doing today? Oh, I'm doing good. How you doing? I'm good. I'm pumped. We're talking MLS. We're talking about the 2020 season. A lot of these stats don't seem right. Every team played a different number of games. Every player was on the field a different amount. But we got to recap it before we move on. Now we're going to talk about the roster changes in a future episode. Some teams are still putting together the roster that we'll see in April. I believe that the 20th around when the season kicks off. We're excited for that, but we're keeping content rolling until then. Let's get started, Alex. You got it. Let's start with the Sporting KC. Sporting KC went 12, 6, and 3 with 38 goals scored and only 25 conceded. That put them at 39 points and the top of the West. Let's take a look at who contributed. You had Alan Polito, six goals, five assists in only 11 starts. Gotti Kinda, six goals, four assists. Johnny Russell, six goals, four assists. Kiri Shelton contributed with five goals and an assist. Eric Hurtado added five goals. Gerso Fernandez, three goals, three assists, and Gianluca Busio, the wonder kid, one goal, three assists. That's how it broke down, Alex. What do you think about this Sporting KC 2020 season? I mean, they were terrible in 2019 for very subpar for them, and they bounced back in 2020 real good. Polito was the big money signing, and when he's on the field, they're a totally different team, as you saw. I uh, only missed I want to talk about that injuries. a bit because Alan yeah. Polito came in, and he did what he was paid to do. He was brought in as a but DP. he was out there yeah, doing games and he yes. did. He battled injury, but six goals, five assists in only 11 games. He brought life to this SKC team, which is exactly what you want from your DP signing. Now I'm going to add, he went S sporting Kansas city went seven, two and O earning 21 of 27 possible points in games where he scored or got an assist. I would be hundred percent realistic to think he could score 20 goals and get 10 assists next season easy lock it in he's he's a difference maker of course he's just got to stay healthy and you, just as you mentioned the team is totally different with him on the field without and we saw uh Gianluca, Gianluca Busio step up his game the youngster now seems to be spraying the ball around but becoming a complete midfielder uh he could play defense he could play offense he could he could score uh the kid is I think he's the next step level uh, we talked about him a lot last year and he's one of my favorites and going forward I think he's the next kid to be jumping to Europe anytime now uh you know Kansas City, Buzio in the midfield, and Polito up front. They were very good last year. They got to stay healthy to be, uh, you know, to be in contention in 2021. So we're talking about another episode. But you know, like like you just mentioned, Polito and Buzio. I mean, they. The, the, you look at the other stats. Kinda's probably one of the most talented midfielders they have. I'm expecting a little better production from him next year. He was very good for them this year. Johnny Russell, the spark down down the wing, toughness, you know, vision. He can uh, that annoying player that you want on your team. Sporting Kansas City is a cup contender. They're going to be trophy hunting again as long as they stay healthy. Polito is the key. If he stays healthy, 2020 will be very bright for them. Absolutely. In Kansas City 2019, you said it. They had a very disappointing season. This was the bounce back year. They didn't deal with all the injuries, and they didn't deal with the very slow start they had in 2019. Sporting Kansas City, top of the West. Now, let's talk a little bit about the Seattle Sounders. Seattle went 11-5-6 in 2020. 44 goals scored, only 23 goals against. They had 39 points, and that put them in second place in the West. Let's take a look at some of their contributors for the Seattle Sounders. Raul Ruiz Diaz, 12 goals, 4 assists. That's not a surprise. We know that's like clockwork. Jordan Morris, 10 goals, 8 assists. Nico Lodero, 7 goals, 10 assists. 
finally broke the three-year streak of being the most fouled player in MLS. wasn't a full season, though, so I'm sure uh, you'll have guys kicking out his ankles again this season. Kevin Leardan, three goals, three assists. Jao Paulo with two goals, five assists. And Christian Roldan with, five, with two goals and five assists. Up and down year for the Seattle Sounders. What do you think, Alex? Again, one of the class teams in MLS. Every year they're trophy hunting. They're in contention for U.S. Open Cup, MLS Open Cup. Last year was no different. I mean, uh, they had a great regular season with the three. We always talk about Morris, Rui Diaz, and Ladero. Uh, you know, they went in the playoffs. They beat FC Kansas City, and they, then they beat Minnesota. But then they, well, they lost the final to Columbus. I mean, you know, they just ran out of gas. But the, the big three that we always talk about and almost seemed like every episode, uh, Morris, Ladero, I mean, Rui Diaz, arguably the three best together. You know, in MLS, and that's why they are where they are. Absolutely. Uh, one guy to go, Alex. There is yeah, the there's one guy. Uh, of course, Jordan up. Morris is on loan. He may come back. You know, it's you know they may come back from the championship. It's not a full. You know, we don't know yet. So he may come back. You know, they're gonna have to replace that. But one guy I want to talk about last year, he went a little under the radar, and uh, this coming forward is the Brazilian midfielder João Paulo, the Brazilian guy, the defensive midfielder. He allows Ladero to be the to be the midfield general. He has to spray the ball around. Ladero's all over the field, but he plays even less defense when João Paulo is healthy on the field couple of games when he wasn't there, Seattle was not the same team. I think he's a very underrated player. He makes that midfield better, gels the midfield better. And you know, without Morris being there this coming year, I'm expecting better things from him. I'm interested to see how Seattle replaces Morris. I mean, I'm, I haven't heard many links yet. I assume someone will step in. They'll find somebody before the season starts. But they have Lodero. They have Rui Diaz. They're still going to be good, and they're going to be in MLS contention in 2021. Love it. Now, another player I love, Nuhu Tolo, left wing back from Seattle. Um, the 23-year-old Cameroonian has speed. He has quickness. He's only 5'10", 174, but he plays much, much bigger. I, I He's throwing other people around the field. Very muscular guy. He's uh, had great recovery in the playoffs. I remember giving up that penalty, but comes back, puts a run, puts a ball on target with a great cross. He has everything you want from a left back in MLS, and he can tackle too. Um, he's going to be obviously be the starter, but he can also be useful in the bench. Makes a lot of overlapping forward runs, Nuhu Tolo. And I just love everything about Nuhu. I, he, my eye is drawn to him every time he's on the field. And hey, he's not Jordan Morris, but he can make those overlapping runs on the outside. I expect him to be used. I expect him to be a big part of the attack in 2020, 2021. Yes, Bob, I agree. Yes, Bob. Absolutely. You know, the kid is really good. He's, you know, I like seeing when uh, your left back goes, runs down recklessly down the sideline, contributing attack, and that's exactly what he does. That's why Seattle's good. He's very good. On, he's very fast, and on the turf, he's even faster, seems like, when Seattle plays home. That's why they have one of the best home field advantages. The way they play on that turf, you have youngsters like this running up and down the wings, and then you got finishers up front with Rui Diaz and not Morris, but you know what I mean? Ladero's there, too. Dangerous, dangerous team. They have some youth. They have experience. Again, they're going to be in every trophy available in MLS, from Champions League to MLS Cup to US Open Cup. Seattle will be there. They will be, you know, it'll be they'll be a tough out wherever they are. We'd expect them to bring home at least one of those trophies this year. We're going to move on to the Portland Timbers now. Timbers went 11, six and six in 2020 by scoring 46 times but conceding 35. They came in third with 39 points scored. Let's look at some of the contributors for the Portland Timbers last season. Diego Valeri, eight goals, seven assists. You had Jeremy Abobasi, eight goals, two assists. Felipe Mora, seven goals, two assists. Jaroslav Niazgoda, seven goals, one assist. I think that was close, Alex. Ya- like, Yaroslav. Yaro- I think if you said Yaroslav, you, you nailed it. The, 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 Jim change, Chara, change. four goals, eight assists. And you had Eric Williamson, three goals and five assists. Those were the Portland Timbers in 2020 lot of scores there 
you had a lot of contributors, a lot of people with multiple, multiple goals. What do you think about this Portland Timbers team last season? Well, you know, Diego Valeri is still Diego Valeri, one of the best midfielders in the league. I don't think he was at 35 years old now. He's still, the, the, the Argentine is still a class act in his league. Obobese was, uh, was very good last year. Your U.S. national team uh, ambitions, uh, Europe, uh, offers from Europe have come in. He's been very good. I mean, the key to this team, I think, last year, the reason they lost in the first round in Dallas, they lost on penalty kicks. Tough, tough loss. Eight. When you get the penalty kicks, it's 50-50, lost 8-7. Sebastian Blanco, when he tore his ACL, they were not the same team. With him in the midfield, the, the defensive fight, the toughness he had, he scored, he's, he could score some big goals. He allows a Valeri, you hear me, you hear me, he's like, a good offensive midfielder needs a good defensive midfielder for him to be better. Sebastian Blanco is so important to Portland to let Diego Valeri, at his age, be more offensive. When he was not in the lineup, Portland was not the same, and that's why they didn't advance, in my opinion, against Dallas. The key to uh, Seattle next year is to continue development. You saw Eric Williamson sign a multi-year contract, a yeah. young U.S. international. Obobese can get into double digits and goals. You know, Valeri's getting a little older now. I don't know how much more, you know, how much more th- tread he's got in those wheels, but if Blanco comes back, Portland, again, is going to be a threat in the West and a threat for all cups. And we talked about those injuries down the stretch. Niaz Goda came in, and he was on fire, and – he missed, he missed all the play down the stretch with an injury too. So very, very important to uh, the Portland Timbers to get those guys back. But there are two guys that I want to talk about from the Portland Timbers who had an excellent season. That's Jimmy and Diego Chara. The brothers combined for five goals and 14 assists. Um, these two have shown value all over the field. Diego making great blocks, applying pressure 23.8 times per game. That's the 95th percentile. Jimmy Chara, 4.9 progressive passes per game. 4.39 shot creating actions per game and 86.3% pass completion. These metrics combine with the speed. Man, Jimmy Char is a dangerous player all over the field. These two guys in tandem are they're going to take over some games. They're going to disrupt and they're going to turn around. And I just read the stats progressive passes, shot creating actions. These are not just defensive players. They got speed and they're going to bring it all down the field. Yeah, they're really good. I mean, again, Portland, they're playing that. Usually, up to last year, the last two years, their home field advantage was one of the best in the league. Now, you know, with no fans, it really, you know, it's not the same. But with the playing on that turf, the Chara brothers going wild. You got Blanco biting ankles in the midfield. Valeri spraying the ball overfield and Bobasi finishing. This is a good team. And don't forget the coach is excellent for MLS. Another good team we have to look at from 2020 is Minnesota United. Minnesota went 9-5-7 and seven in 2020 with 36 goals and only 26 goals conceded. They earned 34 points on your way to a playoff berth. Let's talk about Minnesota United here for a second. Here are the contributors. Kevin Molino, nine goals, four assists. Robin Lode, seven goals, five assists. Ethan Finlay, four goals, two assists. Emmanuel Reynoso, one goal, but seven assists in 2020. John Gregus, one goal, six assists. And Romain Metinier with four assists. That is the 2020 Minnesota United. Alex, thoughts? Well, they had a pretty good regular season. There was a lot of changes, roster changes. You know, with Adrian Heath, you never know what's going to happen. I'm not the biggest fan of him as a coach. But, you know, last year in the playoffs, they beat Colorado and they beat Sporting Kansas City. Uh, they had to lose to Seattle. Uh, to me, the the surprise sign, the, the signing that went under the radar, people have to pay attention to is the number 10 who came in September, Emmanuel Reynoso for Boca Juniors. This midfielder, this central midfielder is going to be one of the best players in MLS next year. Mark my words. This guy is pure class. His vision, he can score. He's all over the field. He could finish. You saw him step up in the playoffs. He was excellent in playoff games, multiple assist games, and uh, 
having uh, Kevin Molino finishing off, and they didn't have they, they I think they rented K Kamara again for, for the playoff run. I don't think he was off the bench. Kevin Molino was was uh, the beneficiary of how good Reynoso was in his vision finishing. And if Minnesota has a, any kind of center forward with Reynoso in the midfield, they're going to be dangerous. Gray Goose is a very good midfielder. Uh, St. Clair, the youngster in goal, stepped up last year. He came from nowhere. He was pretty good. Uh, again, Adrian Heath, to me, I, I'm not the biggest fan. They have a good midfield. If they have any kind of finishing up front, next year Minnesota's going to be good. This team all goes by Reynoso, the September signing, and that's why they went far last year in playoffs, and this is how, that's why they're going to go far and next exactly year. that's exactly where I want to take over here. Um, last winter, we talked about Luis Emeria and his 30-goal guarantee, 28 of which he still owes the team. Um, he was hurt, but he was hurt a lot. But now, yeah, I know. talked about the wrong acquisition, Alex. The acquisition we should have talked about is the center forward who played the entire playoffs for the team, and that is Robin Lode. He's the attacker who's been excellent for Minnesota, and he added a goal and an assist for Finland in the 2020 international break. Um, lots of production came in the second half of the season, including that six-game streak with a goal or an assist in late October through the playoffs. Six games in a row with a goal or an assist, and that counts his two international call-ups. Robin Lode transitioned. He was playing a little on the wing earlier in the season, became a center forward, and he is the guy to watch for in 2021. Luis Amaria is gone. Don't worry about him. Robin Lode's a guy I'm looking for. Yeah, I still think they're going to look for another forward before the season starts. But, you know, don't forget, Minnesota, when they get fans, that they have that wonder wall behind the goal. Ice cold weather. You're going to go into late October and try to get a result in Minnesota. Good luck with that. Early, you know, early April, still kind of cold in Minnesota. Good luck with that. I mean, their home field advantage is one of the best with the cold and the, the way that the, the fantastic stadium is built. Yes. With quality players. They're going to be a tough out again next year in MLS. And, you know, the, the, again, the, there's a reason why they went far in the playoffs next year. And as long as Reynoso is there playing, they're going to go far again this year. Now, let's talk about my pet project every year, and that is the Colorado Rapids, who finally had maybe not a breakout season, but the turnaround season we've been looking for for a couple seasons now. Colorado went 8-6-4 in 2020, scoring 32 times, but conceding 28. They were the fifth playoff team with 28 points scored. Some of the contributors for the Colorado Rapids, Cole Bassett, five goals, five assists. They had Jonathan Lewis with five goals. Andre Shinyashiki, four goals and an assist. Diego Rubio, three goals, four assists. Kai Kamara, three goals and an assist. And Yunus Namli, two goals and four assists. The Colorado Rapids looked good at times. They looked bad at times. But I think if you are a Colorado Rapids supporter, you were happy with the way 2020 turned out, Alex. Oh, yeah, Robert Frazier, new coach Robert Frazier, stepped in with all that young talent and put it together. They, you know, they missed some games with COVID, so they were a mystery team going to, you know, they made the playoffs with points per game. But during the season, when you went to Colorado on a high altitude with those young guys, Jonathan Lewis, Cole Bassett, uh, they were just, they were a tough out. I mean, they were really were, and they were, things are only going to get better. Uh, I, I'm really expecting big things from Colorado. I know they don't spend a lot of money, but they don't have to. If they got youngsters, they can produce the Cole Bassett's of the world. They've been making trades for Jonathan Lewis. They can make shrewd moves like that. Robin and Robin Frazier, excellent uh, MLS defender back in his day. He's been in the league for it seems like since you know day one, either as a player or some kind of uh, assistant coach or head coach. He knows his league inside and out. He's exactly the type of coach they need to you know to put these youngsters together and make a run. You know your boy, uh, what's his face? The midfielder is still there. Uh, Costa, Costa, yeah, he's still there. I mean, they, they you know Diego Rubio can score. Namli, the DP in midfield, he's very creative. He's he's an excellent player. I, again, don't expect it used to be you could go to Colorado and get points. Not so fast anymore. They're going to be a tough out, and I'm really expecting good things for those uh, youngsters that coming up next year. 
Absolutely. And I wanted to point out that they they have a nice mix of youth and age and experience. Cole Bassett, Jonathan Lewis, Sam Vines. But then you have yes. the older experienced players last season. Kai Kamara, Diego Rubio, Keegan Rosenberry, who's a consummate pro all over the field. Kellen Acosta is in the mix. You have some national team experience here. There's going to be a lot of comp- competitive play from this Colorado team, both club and country in 2020. Uh, they finished strong six and four over their last 10 games, including beating the Sounders, Timbers, and Dynamo back to back in November. Uh, we were too early in 2019 predicting that they were going to be a contributor, but 2020 was the time they stepped it up. Maybe if we played a full 32, there would have even been an even better result for this Colorado Rapids team, but a team that I'm absolutely looking forward to in a very tough Western Conference. Absolutely. Again, cannot go, expect to go to Colorado and get points anymore. Sam Vines. U.S. Net men's national team, he's looking to perhaps become the starting left back eventually down the line. I mean, he's, he's that highly regarded with his left foot down there in Colorado. Yeah. Another guy you got to keep a watch out for, Colorado. Things are looking up in Colorado, that's for sure. Now let's move on to FC Dallas. Dallas went 9-6-7 and seven in 2020 with 28 goals scored and 24 goals conceded. They scored 34 points, which was enough for the sixth playoff spot. And uh, they played four more games than the Rapids. So although they did finish with more points... They had a lower percentage. So let's uh, talk a little bit about the contributors for FC Dallas. Franco Jara's seven goals. Ryan Hollingshead, four goals, one assist. Santiago Mosquera, four goals. Fafa Pico, three goals and two assists. And Michael Barrios with a goal and five helpers. Alex, FC Dallas. Well, FC Dallas knows how to produce young talent. You know, Brian Reynolds been sold. Western McKinney has been there. Paxton Pomico last year was looking to be the next one before he had his hip injury and expected big things from him. It seems like every year there's another guy. You know, now we're seeing Jesus Ferreira, the forward, the 20 year old now, U.S. men's national team looking good. Uh, Taylor Tessman, we have in the back, uh, the midfielder could with the Clemson on scholarship. Now he's getting uh, some U.S. under 23 looks. They see this academy just produces guys up front year in, year out. I'm like, Dante Seeley's another guy I'm looking forward to this coming year. Ricardo Pepe, I think one's 17, one's 18 years old. Dallas has no problem playing guys under 20 years old. At, you know, mix with mix with the veterans, and they, you know, this is why they do what they do. They keep selling players to Europe. They're they're a successful franchise, and they know how to develop young talent and sell it for a profit, which a lot of teams in MLS are trying to copy. It cannot figure out. Dallas Academy is one of the best, if not the best, in MLS, and they will continue to turn out guys. Uh, Lucci Gonzalez is the great young coach that knows that's been in the academy now as a head coach. So he knows these guys from could have been four or five years ago when they were just you know teenagers. Now they you know they know the coach. He knows everything about them. A perfect system they have down there. You know, they, they don't spend a lot of money. They they sprinkle a couple veterans to go with these young guys. They just seem like to reload the youngsters and just go on. And last year, look, in the playoffs, they, they beat Portland in penalty kicks. Uh, I think Ricardo Pepe was, uh, if I remember correctly, scored a goal late to force the penalty kicks. Was the 18-year-old, he was 17 at the time. And they lost to Seattle only one nothing. went to the final uh, with a bunch of youngsters. So, again, I never know what to expect at Dallas. I know at home they're really good on the road. They struggle because with the youth. But what they're producing out there, we're missing somebody. Like the names we just talked about, there'll be somebody else coming up through the yeah, system. Yeah, the way we don't see that's going to be sold. That's how good However, they are. My argument is going to be kind of the opposite. Um, there were powerhouse youngsters. We talked about Brian Reynolds to Roma, Reggie Cannon to Boa Vista. But is that sustainable for MLS success? Now, they also lost Fafa Pico to Houston, Michael Barrios to Colorado. Just a revolving door. They're going to put a product on the field that's going to win some games, but are they ever going to be that MLS Cup next level team? I don't necessarily think so. They're going to really need to rebuild this roster next season to put something on the field that is worthwhile again 
it's great that you're selling players overseas, but there's a point where the turnover has to happen. The red flag for me was that playoff week. Um, I think it was the second week of the playoffs, and we talked about how young the FC Dallas squad is. Well, we went down on all the starters, and there were four starters under the age of 29. Like that can't happen on your team. If if your mold is to start young guys and play young guys, you can't be caught in a situation where you're starting all old players who are meant to be your bench pieces. You, you're not starting a coach on the field. That's not the way it works. So FC Dallas, a lot of pros, and I know I'm going to take a lot of heat for this, but there were a bunch of cons from last season too. And when it came, you know, the the going gets tough. FC Dallas did not have the strength to put off a playoff run last season. No, I think that you know their goal. I, I think again, their goal is developing young talent. MLS Cup is great if they can get to it. U.S. Open Cup be great if they get it. They're looking to develop players and sell players and make a profit. And there's nothing wrong with that. You know, teams around the world do that. The FC Dallas is no different. You know, you, younger, you, you go to the, some big leagues in Europe, the teams that are on the top six, you know, they go to Champions League. Some of these guys, they develop guys and they sell them to the top six. Bayern Munich has been raiding the German leagues for, you, for young talent from, for decades, it seems like. You know, they get the best players from teams that aren't making the Champions League. And, you know, Dallas right now is sending guys to Bayern Munich. There's a connection with Bayern Munich now in Dallas, which is very exciting. To say they another youngster just went over on loan a couple weeks ago. I forget his name off the top. He's 16 years old. If you're talking Bayern Munich is looking at your players, you're doing something right. And yeah. Dallas continues and to do it. Of course. However, the thing I'm going to say, and I have to push it all the time, if you're not one of the top five clubs in the world, you're a selling team. That's fine. You can win championships in every league in the world and be a selling team. But you need to have enough players to put a group of men on the field who know what they're doing. And that's where I can see them falling short. Yeah, selling is great. Having big names come through your system is great. But if it doesn't put an MLS Cup on your wall, I really don't want to hear about it. So let's move on to LAFC. LAFC went 9, 8, and 5 in 2020 with 47 goals scored, which was the most in the league. They also conceded 39 goals, which was one of the most in the league. They came in 7th in the West with 32 points scored. Let's look at the contributors for LAFC. Yeah, Diego Rossi, 14 goals, 4 assists. Bradley Wright Phillips, 8 goals, 6 assists on his way to capturing the Comeback Player of the Year award. Yeah, Denny Masovsky, five goals, one assist. Carlos Vela, four goals and an assist in only four starts. Brian Rodriguez, two goals and seven assists. And Mark Anthony K, the gritty Mark Anthony K, one of my favorite players in MLS, three goals, four assists. Now, Alex, let's talk a little, little bit about LAFC and the season they had in 2020. Yeah, they weren't as good as 2019. They were bleeding goals last year. And losing Carlos Vela, the identity of the franchise, hurt them really bad. You know, he had the MCL sprain and he missed the majority of the season. They weren't this even when he came back, he wasn't hundred percent. Diego Rossi held up his own, scored a lot of goals. You know, Bright Bradley Phillips helped him out, you know, with eight, no one expected that. But in the back, they, they were bleeding goals left and right. They couldn't stop anybody. They were losing games four, three, three, two, five, one. I mean, it was just it, it was crazy. To me, you know, going into next year, there's only one thing. If Carlos Vela is healthy, they're going to be really good, even if they can't stop guys. You know, I know they just signed a Korean, South Korean. I don't want to talk about next year too much. But one thing, to be an LAFC fan, to be excited about, they signed a member of the uh, South Korean national team uh, to shorten up that defense that was leaking goals next year. I think that's going to help them out. You know, Anytime you hear a guy that's a, a national team type player that could comes to your roster, it could only help. Bob Rowley still one of the class coaches in the league. Again, COVID hurt this. You know, COVID and the injury situation hurt. LAFC bad last year. I'm expecting better things this year from them, especially if Carlos Vela stays healthy. Again, Brian Rodriguez is gone. LAFC is always in the hunt for another type player. They've been kind of quiet in the offseason right now. I'm still expecting something big to happen to them before the season starts. Absolutely. This might just be a case of uh, the COVID scare and the lockout scare that they didn't get another all-star on their roster. But yeah, just you said it. Carlos Vela, 
goes down. Diego Rossi steps right arguably, back. Ar- arguably the best scorer in the league before he was hurt. You know, Joseph Martinez notwithstanding, Carlos Vela is incredibly dangerous. And together with Diego Rossi, they're like almost unstoppable duo. If Diego Rossi still had 14 goals without, you yeah. know, Vela, there, which, is, which is tremendous. Only when Vela gets there, they're both going to be much better. And again, they're going to be a threat. They're going to be a threat, but I don't like that they conceded 39 goals last yes. season. It kind of makes me think about, you know, system versus players. It doesn't matter who LAFC puts at it, at attacking on this team. Bob Bradley is going to make sure they put the ball in the back of the net. And that doesn't matter if it's BWP getting eight goals and six assists. They're going to have success all over the field um, in, in the yeah, attack. Yeah. I, I see what they're saying. They replace you know, Bradley Phillips with Corey Baird. I mean, immediately they have a backup forward if something should happen to Vela in uh Diamande two seasons ago, and he can't stop yeah. putting him back in the net. So LAFC, definitely one of the powerhouse, a team that you cannot sleep on, and an incredibly difficult team to, to beat because you go up by a goal, you're not safe. You go up by two goals, you're not safe. You go up by three goals against LAFC, you're not safe. However, holding on to a lead is going to take you there to the promised land too. So LFC does have some problems to address. Bradley Wright, uh, Bradley, Bob Bradley needs to uh, ad- adjust this defense and, and stop the bleeding at times for next season, Alex. Absolutely. They need to they need to shore up defense and give up way less goals. If they do that, they're going to be an MLS. Every trophy, they'll be evolved. That's like some John Madden analysis. You need to score more points than your opponent. To, <laughs> I, I mean, it's, it, it, doesn't ta- it, does, it doesn't take a rocket size to figure out LAFC's defense last year. Was, it was among the worst in the league, and that's why they, they really didn't go for it. They lost in the first round. Who, who beat them in the first round? I already forgot. The, they lost to Seattle in the first round. And, you know, and they weren't even sure they are going to make the playoffs almost you know, decision day. So yeah. they got to show up that defense, or they, they can score four goals a game. If they give up five, it doesn't matter. It's going to be an interesting season, that's for sure. We missed a lot of 2020. It was interesting things going on all over on and off the field but 2021 we look to getting to to be getting back to playing a full roster of games including the cups and all that great stuff so we're happy that you're going to join us at ied sports um this has been the top of the west next week bottom of the west top of the you guys get the picture on what's going on here and then we're going to do our roster breakdowns and predictions alex do you have anything else for us no i can't wait to start talking about training camps two weeks away uh, you know, the collective bar and green has been ratified. So we have a season. Uh, I don't know about fans yet, but, you know, it's slowly getting there. I can't wait to talk about MLS. We have a lot to talk about. We, we have US, the U.S. national team. We got Gold Cup. We got World Cup qualifiers, international games. Stay tuned right here. We, we get the top of the information right here. Thank you for joining us at ID Sports.